Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I was thinking about this message, and I thought, you know what? How does Paul be Paul? You know, this guy in the Bible? He's not Jesus. He's not like Mary's second child, you know, from God. He's Paul. Paul, he was actually killing Christians. He was the number one lead in let's kill all Christians. It's the best way to deal with this faith thing. Let's kill them all. Stephen, the first martyr, Paul said, stone them. After they killed Stephen, they took Stephen's cloak and put it at the feet of Paul. Like, you're so glorious, Paul. You killed the first Christian. Is this ridiculous? This is Paul we're talking about. So Paul is this, this, this mega religious zealot, which gets transformed by Jesus. Jesus comes on the scene and says, Paul, Paul, you need, you need to watch what you're doing. You're messing with the wrong, the wrong group. And Paul, right then and there, he's not, listen, he's zealous for God. He, I mean, he literally, even though he was doing evil and how he's operating, he wasn't the evil of the Pharisees and scribes that tried to kill Jesus. He was focused in on God and fulfilling every law that God has. And so when he saw the Christian faith and the evil communication of the Pharisees about how bad it was, his assumption, everybody say assumption, his assumption that this is an attack against God. So that's the attitude of Paul. Paul's, again, Paul was not out to kill Jesus. He wasn't that one. He was the one that's, I'm going to serve God with my whole heart, even after I have to die. And then Paul gets set free by Jesus. Now his life was instantly changing in the point where he's received the Lord and now he's in the, in the position of, learning and growing. So it takes years. Now, Paul now is in the operation of his ministry. Okay. In his operation, let me, let me read just, uh, you know, some years after what has happened in his ministry. I have been put in prison more often than anyone, been whipped many times without number. In other words, they just kept whipping me. Faced death again and again, five different times the Jewish leaders these are the head, head religious leaders of the time, gave me 39 lashes. They ripped his back, his body to part. Three times I was beaten with rods. Rods is when they stack, they put your feet in stocks and they take a rod and smack it for the purpose of literally crushing your feet so you can't walk anymore. Three times. They're thinking, after the second one, I, I'm quitting. I'm out of ministry. After the second one, I'm going, this isn't worth it. Out of the second one, I'm going, this, where's God? So you, you, you got to look at this and you say, how is this guy doing this? He goes, once I was stoned. Okay, he got a little high, but no, no, no. He was really stoned. He, now, let me explain stoning because Paul had Stephen stoned. Stephen died. Paul was stoned. Guess what? He died. The, 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 the people that stoned him, 
took him out of the city limits. He's not worth bearing. He's not worth being in the city. Outside the wall and just dropped him there. The disciples, the believers came around him, and the Bible says, and Paul got up. No, he wasn't faking it. He got stoned. It's something that's going to cause damage, destruction, blood. Terrible. That's what happened to Paul. Let's move on. Three times. Oh, wait a minute. Four now. Three times here. But remember, we read about his last one on the way to Rome. Okay, so four times I was, I was shipwrecked. Four times. Now, sometimes I read about Paul and go, Paul, Paul, Paul. Wake up, buddy. The first shipwreck, scary. But I'll try another one. Second shipwrecked, I'm walking everywhere. I'm taking the Jerusalem bus, I'm whatever, I'm, you know, Uber, whatever they got, I'm jumping on the camel, and we're making our way that way. I ain't getting on a ship again. Shipwreck doesn't mean that, okay, we're in harbor, oh, the motor doesn't work anymore. No, you're out in the sea, and it's torn apart by a storm. Four times. Come on. What is up with him? He's not Jesus. He's not God. He doesn't have greater power than us. And I need you all in here. I need you all out there to pay attention. Pay attention to this. Because a lot of you, you might not be going through shipwreck or not going to a place where people want to beat you with rods, but you are going through something. You're going through something in your life where you're questioning, you have, you, you, you have, you have thoughts of what is going on, why, how come, pity, whatever. You are dealing with issues. Now, I'm taking to the extreme, extreme in the life of Paul, but guess what? That's our picture. You aren't dealing with anything, anything like him. He keeps going. He ke he's like the Energizer Bunny. Okay, anyway, whatever. He says, I traveled long journeys. I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers. I faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as Gentiles. Name them. They all want to. They want to. They want to jump me. Every one of them. They all want to beat me. That my 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 family wants to beat me. My neighbors want to beat me. Everybody wants their piece of me. This is Paul's life. He says, "I face dangers in the city. <laughs> oh my gosh, in the city. I'm going to go out the desert. In the desert. He's not safe. He's not safe." in the city, in the dangers, and on the seas. I have faced danger for men who claim to be believers. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry, thirsty, many, many times gone without any food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. I don't know if you've ever been in that position where you're in such cold and you can't warm yourself. You, you're uncontrollable. You can't stop yourself. Anybody been in that place where you're that cold? Where you, you, just, you can't stop. Your whole body just... That's a terrible place. I've been there many times. He says, without enough clothes... 
Then besides all this, besides all this, now you think this is going to be the ultimate danger of all. He says, I've got the care of the churches. Besides, you know, the shipwrecks, the beatings, the I died once, you know, I, I've been torn to pieces by, by you know, the, the, the whipping on my back and I, my body's been broken. I've been hurt by people, I, by people I believed were believers. I've been hurt by the religious. I've been hurt by family members. I've been hurt by neighbors. I go in the city, I'm hurt. I go out in the desert, I'm hurt. Anywhere I go, I'm getting beat. He goes, but above all this, man, the care of the churches. And I'm like, this guy is what? And so we're looking at this life and we're saying, well, how can this be? Second Corinthians 1, 8. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. This is Paul talking. We do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble. Thlipsis. Thlipsis is a Greek word. And remember I taught in this before. It's a, it's a crushing power. It's something that's bearing against you where you can't, you, you can't breathe. You can't think. You're just, you're just under so much pressure. And he's saying, we were in so much pressure. Listen to this. So much crushing pressure when we came to Asia that we were burdened beyond measure, beyond anything normal. This is what's happening. This isn't normal pressure beyond anything normal. This is what he says. Beyond anything normal, above strength, Far beyond, far beyond human strength, so that we despaired even of life. We thought we we're going to die. This is Paul talking. Paul is in such pressure and attacked by people that he literally is under this pressure. He literally thinks in his mind, in his heart, he's thinking, I don't think we're going to make this one. We're not going to make this. This is what's going on in his head. This is amazing. He says, we even despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should know that we should not trust in ourselves. I look at that and I think, what, what's happening here? This is a key, key verse because he's saying there comes a time when you have so much going on that you literally got to say, I can't trust myself. See, this is the problem with Christians because majority of all Christians make decisions, come to conclusions in the midst of all turmoil. They trust themselves in the midst of turmoil. And this is when you have people that are breaking relationships, people that are, that, are, that are making all these dumb, dumb things because they trust themselves. And scripture over and over and over tells us, don't lean to your own understanding. Own understanding is always tied to your past. So all of, automatically you'll lean to what, do you, what have you been comfortable with? Even if it's ugly, you lean toward it. That's why people, even though the, a doctor might say, if you don't do this, you know, you, you're going to die earlier. And they keep doing it. Why would that, why would you continue on? Because it's this flesh, it's this nature. It's, it's these different uh, type of things that are involved in our in our soulish level and chemical areas of the brain. 
to where we become tied to these different addictions to where, I mean, I watch my mom, literally, in a place where she's cancer, heart problems, with oxygen, can't breathe. I've seen her smoking a cigarette with the oxygen mask down. Not sure people, I know, you probably know people like that. How does that happen? How does that happen? That's the power of that addiction. And if you knew my mom, you would think she's the most cleanest, most moral person on planet Earth. Loving, caring, could take a kid and say, you can live with me and have anything you want. I mean, off the streets. This is that woman. Never heard a negative word out of her mouth, ever. Even though there are many, many people that deserve something, a negative word, she would never do it. Now, you think I'd be talking about Mother Teresa. No, I'm talking about Mother Sandy. No, but that's the person she was. But she had a terrible addiction that she started young with everybody did is smoke. And she couldn't break it. Now, that's sad. And it's, it's terrible. And I hate every minute of it. But no matter what I did, it just, I couldn't break that. I couldn't take it. I couldn't get rid of it for her. It was her choice. And it's a sad thing, but the thing is, is I believe that there, may, we're talking about that issue, but I believe there's a lot of issues in, in many lives in here and out there where you're dealing the same thing, same way, maybe not just that, but other things that you know are hurting you. You know they're bringing destruction, but it's because you don't understand what you have inside of you, and I believe with all my heart, because this is what God said, that once you find this out, once you hear and see this, I believe we're going to get rid of a lot of this bondage, a lot of these fears, a lot of these sicknesses, a lot of these diseases, a lot of these problems. I believe with all my heart, I believe with all my heart that people are going to wake up to what does God's word say and not what they say, what doctor says, what, what psychologists say. I believe instead of running to the drug, we're going to start running to Dr. Jesus. And it, it's just going to start changing who we are because the truth, the truth in God's word can and will set you free if if, if, if you accept it and live it. But it can't if you just hear it. That's why Jesus said, have ears, ears to hear. He didn't say, can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? He didn't say that. He said, are your hearts ready to hear what I have to say? And I ask the same thing. You guys ready to hear what I have to say? I'm sa right now, I, I, I'm sure you're like going, yeah, dude, this is good. I mean, you've got Paul and going through all he went through, and he isn't Jesus. He's not greater than us because right here he said this. I don't want you to have ignorant. I'm Apostle Paul, and I think I'm going to die. That's exactly what he shared with us. I'm Apostle Paul, and, and I'm being crushed, and it's, this is pressure that this is not normal pressure. I'm Apostle Paul. Come on. Listen to Apostle Paul. Listen to Paul. Listen to Paul. He's saying, even though I am at the top of the top in what I do, and I'm going to write most of the New Testament, even I can go under some pressure to where 
Oh my gosh, I don't think I'm going to make it. But what does he do? He does what we all should be doing. Talking to ourselves, telling ourselves, I can't listen to you anymore right now. I'm not going to pay attention to you no more. Because the enemy will always take a problem and make it into a major thing in your life. It doesn't matter what it is. Husband and wives, listen to me. Families, listen to me. No one in your home's perfect, and they're never going to be perfect. They're going to make mistakes. They're not you. You're perfect. <laughs> There's always going to be opportunities to get offended, to get mad. Always. It's the world we live in. Jesus said that you're going to have it. Come. But even in the midst of this, you got to understand something. The enemy doesn't fight fair, and he'll never fight fair, and he'll never speak truth to you. So when it goes from a little thing, he's going to make sure that if you listen to him, it goes little to large. So it's from, he didn't mow the lawn, to, I'm going to divorce him. What? 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 Lawn, what, divorce? What is this? Do you guys hear what I'm saying? Because that's how the enemy works. If you give open door to him, he doesn't fight fair. Here the scripture says this. You want to have a place of peace in your life? Anybody? Okay, Christians, this is the problem. We're looking for those answers instead of this answer because God even told you how to have peace, peace. How do you have perfect peace? He said, your mind is stayed on me. You want peace in your life? Put it here. And I guarantee if you don't have peace, it's because you don't have his thoughts. You don't have his word. You don't. You don't. You have the world. You have all kinds of issues and problems in your life, but you don't have his word because he says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Focus on the right things, people. Focus on the right things. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and he's, here's, he's getting some answers for us. My speech and preaching was not enticing words of man wisdom. In other words, I'm going to communicate what this, the, the God information, but it isn't based upon my college degree or, or my great intellect. He says, this is why my word is so powerful, because it's demonstrated with a spirit and a power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What should my faith, what is the word faith in the Greek? Right, it's, it's a Greek word, pistis or pistuyo, which is a confident expectation, this belief that, is, that sustains you. It's a trust. I trust you. Are you guys hearing me? That's when you see the word faith. It's not talking about a religious ideology. And that's the most way Christians look at it is, oh, what faith are you? What's that? What faith am I? That's not even a biblical question. It's a religious question. Because when it comes to faith, it is 100% tied to what do you believe? What is your confident belief, expectation? What do you believe? Now, we can look at that in the negative or we can look at it in the positive, but it is your full-hearted belief. I believe. And that's what God's talking about. And he says this. He says, we stand, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of, of 
the world, the wisdom of Google. That's where we're going to get our wit. Well, let me see what Google says. Haven't I told you a million times? Not a million, but you know what I'm talking about. You want to find something about asparagus that's healthy? You'll find 100,000 Google asparagus is healthy. You want to find asparagus will kill you? You'll find 100,000 reviews on how asparagus will kill you. And you know what? You're going to listen to the one you want to be the truth. But there's going to be all these different viewpoints. So what I'm saying, I'm saying, don't look to men. Look to what does God's word say? What does the word of God says? And he says, it's by the power of God. Our faith is in that power of God. And Paul makes it very clear. I want to help everyone in here. Whatever you're dealing with, if it's a hangnail or, or surgery, no matter what it is you're dealing with, it's an issue. It's a care, right? Is it not? I mean, you can go to drastic positions in life where you are getting surgery or you're going to the doctor, or you're having problems or you've got hurt and those are painful things. Or you can get up in the middle of the night and stub your little toe and then you feel real pain. But it still matters, doesn't it not? It does. You're hurt. It's terrible. I'm in pain. And God says, I, I, I want your pain. I want your cares. I want you to focus so close to me that that's something we talk about. People look at this as such a religious view instead of common sense. I mean, it's like that. You get this close, close, close friend. It's, you talk about anything and everything to a point. But God's saying, I want that closeness to where, I, hey, I know I'm the creator of heaven and earth. I know th there is nothing except when I created it. But understand what my heart is. My heart is, is I want that closeness with you. And the quicker, please hear this out. The quicker you get to that, the quicker you grow in your faith belief. You, it, the ability to, to expedite growth in the kingdom is tied to relationship. 100%. You believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. That, he was, that you're born again because of that. That is a trust in, I believe in Jesus. He's alive. What he did was for me. The next step is what? Well, now I need a Bible. Not according to the Bible. See, there's the problem we people have is they don't know that, no, you don't need a Bible according to the Bible because there wasn't a Bible. So how do these people go through what Paul went through, go through beheadings, go through hanging on the cross without denying Jesus with no Bibles, nothing. How do they do that? They had a connection with Jesus. That, that's what sustained them. That's what gave them empowerment. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He just got through talking about uh, chapter one. It's like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? It's filled with so much stuff about being in Christ, being in this position where you're like going, wow, I would never be able to see myself that way. He goes through just chapter after chapter of major, major doctrinal issues. He talks about life with, with people. He talks about ministry. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing, amazing letter. But then he goes into this and says, finally, 
finally. And you're like going, finally? What are you kidding me? All this stuff you've already talked about is, is beyond, we can't even grasp it right now. And he goes, finally, brothers and sisters, finally. Not in conclusion, I'm not ending this. He goes, finally in, I'm going into a transition right now and I need you to pay close attention. I'm about, to, I'm about to unload some information that, yeah, you've been listening to all this stuff and, 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 and it's good, but I need you to really, really, really press in right now. Can you guys do that right now? Because I'm at the place where it's finally. So he says, finally, be strong. Everybody say it, be strong. Now we're reading it in our English language, be strong, but if we're back in the church, we're going to hear it in the Greek language. And what that does is it, it's, it defines it by our understanding. So what he literally is going to do is he's going to say, in dunamao, in a dunamao, be strong. In a dunamao, that's what he says. Now that's a compound word, which means N is into, dunamao is where we get the word dunamis, and that's that dynamic, explosive power. Dynamic, explosive power. N would be the, it would be a, a picture of putting something into, like a receptacle, into a cup. So I'm putting my water, I'm putting my tea, I'm putting something into that cup. Are you guys getting this? So this word, now they understand this. They're hearing it going, Whoa. But we just say, be strong in the Lord. Okay, I'll be strong. Right? Because that's your mindset. That's your mentality. But this is talking about this supernatural, creative ability, explosive ability that is poured into you. The thought I had was like a receptacle. If you look on the side of the walls, you look at places, there, there's, you know, Little outlets, right? Now, y'all know these are outlets, and they look harmless, don't they? But if I take a paper, paper clip and stick it in there, it's going to say, you've got the power, <laughs> right? Am I right or wrong? But go touch it. Go walk by it. What's it going to do? Nothing. But what's been poured into it, that receptacle, is power. It's all right there. 110, go to 220, it's going to really show you what power is. And those do not feel good. Either does 120. It just, if you hold on to 120 and can't let go, it keeps shocking you. I know what that's like. I was up on a, a ladder up on the grid ceiling of, the, of the, our old church, the beginning. And I was up there by myself working on a light. Now, it was supposed to be turned off, the power. Because you ask, is the power turned off? And of course, all the wise guys that know everything. <laughs> yes, pastor, it's turned off. So I start grabbing the wires, and I'm top of the ladder. The ceiling is at, uh, I think this was at nine feet. The ladder, I'm up above it, and I'm literally being electrocuted. But because I'm being electrocuted, I'm on a ladder. So I fall through the whole grid ceiling. I, I fall through it, crashes down. The light comes, the trougher light comes smashing down. And the, 
it literally came out. I, I used to have scars. I don't know if they're there, but it, it came out of my hands. Now, the receptacle was there, and all the power was there. And I need you now because this scripture says, be strong. Allow the power of God that's in you because it says what? Be strong in the Lord. Be, well, wait a minute. What did chapter Chapter 1, verse 3. He's blessed us with every blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. He's already said in Christ. Verse 4, he's chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Verse 5, we've been adopted as sons by Jesus Christ of himself. We are in Christ. We, verse 6, he's made us accepted in the beloved. We're in Christ, accepted. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In him, in him we have redemption. Over and over, over and over, he says, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. He's telling you, you already, when you said, Jesus, you are in Christ. In Christ. You're already there. Now he says, the power, the power in the Lord. I'm in the Lord. So that power is in me through the Lord. That conduit is me. The power is Jesus, me being in him. So he says, in that power, finally, my brothers and sisters, be strong, dunamis, explosive power that's been given to us in the Lord and in the power, in the what? In the power of his might. He says what? Be strong in the Lord. This dynamic, explosive power that's been poured into you in the Lord, in the power, in what power? What power is he talking about? He's talking about the Kratos power. Kratos power is demonstrative outward power. It's power that you see. It's Kratos when God raised Jesus from the dead. That Kratos power, it's there it is. That's the power. It's revealed power. It's power that's saying, I, I'm going to show you my power seen. Whose power are we talking about? The power of God. You tell me that whatever you're dealing with is more powerful than him? What about the sickness? What about the, the, the mental issues? What about the family issues? What about, what about your work issues? What about your financial? What about your issues? Aren't they more powerful than God? Nobody in their right mind is going, well, yes. Then I advise all of us, I advise all of us, let's pay attention to what was just said because he just said that power resides in me. This power resides in me. And this Kratos power, this demonstrated, exhibited power that raised Jesus from the dead, this is power, is inside of me. Now I look at this and I go, okay, I get it. I get it. If we look and pay attention to Paul's life, how did Paul get through all that stuff? Power. Who, who's writing what we're reading right now? 
Paul. What did Paul have? A revelation of this information. I, I mean, the only reason why I'm reading it is Paul wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus. You know where they're at? Asia. Asia where he got attacked. The church at Colossae, Asia, church at Ephesus, Galatia. That these are all the churches that he was focused in on where he was also being threatened to death out of time. Gosh. And now he writes this letter to the church at Ephesus, which by the way, they got a, this is teaching is amazing, but they needed it. They were messed up. That city was so crazy religious. There's nothing, you, you think we got crazy stuff happening in this day and age. Ephesus quadrupled that craziness and it was tied to religion. So they all did it in thinking that they were appeasing gods and they were freaky. I mean, freaky, freaky. So here, they, they're getting this truth, they're getting this information, and now Paul says, this power's in you, but he goes, now by might, iskus. Iskus is a picture of, now, in the Greek language, it's, always, it, it's, in, it's, it's an analogy of a mighty man or mighty woman, but what I need you to see is, is, is it would be in the Greek mythology, it would be Hercules. It, this, see, in the Greek, they understand that. They, this letter is not written to religious people. It's written to a bunch of Greeks that got saved. They know what these words are. They've heard them their whole lives. It was in reference to other, quote, gods they served, but they understand what's say, what, what it's saying. They're talking about these superhuman, strong men that were just like, these guys can lift, you know, boulders over their heads. That's what he's talking about. And now he's talking to them as a church of saying, Finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. All he's saying, ultimately, lay it down simple as you've got power in you, and it's, it's amazing power. It's God power. It's mountain-moving power. It's power. And he wants you to know this. He wants you to get this. I've been born again. I'm in Christ. And, 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 and it teaches you all different things that you need to know about life and experience and ministry. And then he says, listen, I need you to get this. Get this right now. You've got power in you. The reason why he's going to that position, because then he goes into another place. He says, because your enemy. See, we... We want, to, we want to just put a box around the devil and say, well, he deals with church issues. And I'm sorry that you see it that way because he doesn't. He deals with sickness and disease issues. He deals with poverty issues. He deals with death issues. He deals with stealing and destruction issues. He deals with religious issues, but not the church issues. You guys see this? So we need to look at the power within us and start dealing with what are you dealing with? Look at the power in you and saying, what do I need this power to operate against? Because he's going to share with us, show us how. He says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. 
the wiles of the devil. See, ultimately, when it comes down to what are you dealing with, then I know we love to try to put spiritual things aside and say, you know, well, it's just, you know, it's just cold. It's just, and we start labeling all these things as if this is, all, this is okay. It's normal. I, can't, I, I have to just deal with it. I say no. And I say, you know what I'm talking about when you get real with yourself in common sense. I'll ask the parents right now. Common sense. When your child has a fever and is burning up, and it's just because they have a tooth coming out, do you say, no big deal, get over it. I, you know, I'm glad you're feeling that way, and it's no big deal. It's just, it's just life. Or are you hurting for your child? Exactly, you are. But see, we want to be religionized. We don't want to look common sense. We don't look normal. We don't want to see the truth. Any parent in here, look at your kids when they're sick with anything and go, eh, whatever, it's life. Any parent in here? Don't you dare raise your hand if you do. Keep the day you out of here. Are you guys listening? No, we don't, do we? I hated it when my kids, you know, had the red cheeks and they're, you know, dealing with a tooth or a cold or anything. If they fell and hurt themselves, I, I wanted that. I didn't want them to have to bear that, the pain, whatever it was. I, I didn't want them to deal with that. That was my heart. That was my attitude. Now I understood. I understood what it was. And we did, we did the faith. We did the expectation. We believed whatever, even medicine, whatever the case may be, because we don't want our children going through that. Is this are true or false? Now, are you a child of God or not? Either accept it or deny Jesus right now. And no one's going to do that. But the truth of the matter is, is you need to recognize that you're a child and that father up there loves you more than I could ever love you, more than you're, you could love your kids. More than you could ever love your kids. So you need to start seeing yourself correctly, start looking at the issues you're dealing with and say, my God up there does not want me to be like this. And he doesn't. That's why he's given us the truth, given us answers in his word for us to be able to be healed, set free, restored, prosper. Oh, by the way, you know what term I'm using? Salvation. What we religionize as, I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. Read the scriptures. That word is defined mainly and mostly to Deliverance, being set free, being healed, prospering. But we don't do that because we religionize the Bible. I want Love Light to start paying attention to life in this word. And this is the living word and this is life. And God said, Jesus' words were, I come to give them life and life abundantly. So you better start looking at life according to God in abundance. Not just barely getting by, in abundance. A tree can't feed in just barely producing fruit. It can only feed when it's abundant fruit. That's when it's operating at what it was created for. Are you guys listening? He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. The wiles. Methodos. Compound. Two words. Meta-odas. Meta being on with 
Odas being Avenue Road. We get the word odometer, by the way, from that word. The wiles of the devil is the avenue or direction. He, he operates on this one avenue. We, now remember, devil is a term in, in how Satan operates. We, we use it more as his first name, but actually first name Satan. I operate devil. Diabolos. Remember that word? Diabolos. Dea is penetrate. Balos means to throw, right? Everybody got that? The love life, hello. You guys have heard this many times. And you might be going, well, I haven't heard it yet. I'm new. Okay. The word devil, this word in the Greek language. They hear it and they go, okay, we get it. Devil, they don't see pointy ears and a tail. They didn't. They saw an action of something trying to penetrate. And it kept poking and poking and poking until it could penetrate through. That's what they're seeing. They're not seeing a Hollywood picture of, you know, a red little imp. Now do we pay attention? So he says, we're not ignorant of the what? The wiles, the avenue, the direction of what? The enemy. The enemy that does what? He tries to get. Remember, 1 Peter says, the enemy comes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Let's see. He's waiting for one of you to go, ouch. And he's going, oh, what is that, an ouch? Let me try it. Oh, ow. Oh, ow. Stop it. I'm a loser. Okay. I'm a rotten person. Okay, I'm going to kill myself. That's what the devil does. He's looking for the ability to penetrate. I don't know how many times I have to talk about the devil in a correct way and we not get it. Do you see any communication of this power of being that just goes, I'm done with you, you're gone? No, isn't that interesting? So no matter what we read about the devil, it's never this all-powerful, all-knowing being that can just wipe you out. That's amazing how we've created him to be that way. The scripture makes it very clear that you resist him, he run away scared. But, you know, hey, that's just the Bible talking. We'd rather be scared of the dark. Oh, boy. A little intense for us. It's time to be free. Time to be free. Just, just some knowledgeable tweaks in your life can fix things. I mean, that's how, that's how good information can do, just for, just for you to understand. And that's why this word is so important for us to get in us. It, I'm telling you. I'm not talking about, oh, what's the latest fad diet? What's, I forget all that stuff. This stuff first. Get this word in us. Get it working, and I promise you, it's going to start changing and fixing. I'm just explaining a natural principle that works. You take it to this level, the spiritual area, my gosh, nothing is impossible. In the natural, many things are impossible. But when I hook up with this, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. What are you dealing with in your life? I'm telling you what is God's word say. So you better stop it because you're saying it's impossible because you're allowing the impossible speakers to be the final voice for you. And I'm telling you, stop it. Stop it. You've got to let God's word be the final authority. 
I know there's places where we're, we're, we're just limping along in our belief and limping along in our walk. And I get it. And you're weak. And it's so simple to be led astray and manipulated and, and have to sit there and trust and believe when they don't even have an answer. We will operate in the kingdom principles. And as Paul went out and accomplished all things, even though the things he went through brought us the revelation of power, we understand that whatever we're going through, whatever we're dealing with, the power of God is greater than whatever the issues are. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me, the power of me, than sickness, disease, poverty, problems, issues. That is what we believe. That's what we know. And that's what we will live in Jesus name. Everybody said, amen. amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.